You're listening to Advancing Our Church. Welcome to Advancing Our Church, a Changing Our World podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. I'm Jim Friend. Welcome back, everybody. As we continue our three-week series on Catholic education, I just want to reflect on the importance of Catholic school advancement and to point out that there are many great resources out there and that you don't have to do this alone. I think one of the hardest jobs, besides being a pastor, is being a Catholic school principal or president today. There are so many professionals out there who serve as administrators in our schools who are making a tremendous difference in the lives of our students every day. And one of the challenges that I've encountered is that they just have to find the time to address school marketing, but also maybe not knowing where to begin. At Changing Our World, our great resource is our people. And we have a plethora of knowledge and experience with helping schools and dioceses to begin or reinvigorate their school marketing communications plan. And so I just want to make you an offer. If you'd like a free consultation, or if you want to tell us your story, pick our brains, or just have a dialogue about finding the right resources for your school, send me an email and we can set up a call. No obligation. We won't try to sell you anything. Just like this podcast, this is part of our mission, and we're happy to offer you advice and share what we've seen work in various Catholic schools around the country. So if you're interested, you can reach out to me at jim at advancingourchurch.com. Now, let's get to work. On today's show, we talk with Jennifer Trefelner. Jennifer is the Director of Communications, Marketing, and Social Media for the Diocese of Palm Beach. In this capacity, she serves as the designated spokesperson for the diocese. In addition to managing media relations, public relations, developing data-driven communications plans, and implementing new marketing initiatives. Jennifer is the former Director of Institutional Advancement for John Carroll High School in Fort Pierce, Florida, where she served for almost 15 years. In this role, Jennifer oversaw all marketing, communications, and development for the high school. Jennifer is a very experienced Catholic school advancement professional. She served as a member of the National Catholic Education Association Advisory Council and has been selected as a presenter for several years at the annual NCEA convention and the Institute for Catholic School Leaders. If you're looking for ways to enhance your marketing plan this year, I think you'll get something out of today's show. And so, without further ado, here's our conversation. Well, Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. So, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about your role in the Diocese of Palm Beach. Sure. So, I have the privilege of serving as the designated spokesperson for the diocese, in addition to helping manage our media relations, public relations, working to develop data-driven decisions and communication plans, plus implementing some new marketing initiatives. Through our Office of Communications, we also oversee the production of our weekly televised Catholic Mass, which we show on our website, on social media, and also on TV. The Florida Catholic newspaper, the Palm Beach edition, also runs out of our Office of Communications, as well as any digital or print pieces that you may see from the website to social media, flyers, posters, etc., in my role, I've been in this position for one year, and it was a big goal of ours to initiate different comprehensive plans to coordinate the communications between our 54 parishes and missions, our 17 schools and various offices and ministries throughout the diocese. Wonderful. And, and Jennifer, are you from uh, the Diocese of Palm Beach? 
I am. I am. I graduated from John Carroll Catholic High School, which is in Fort Pierce, Florida. Moved back to the area after college and happy to be plugged back into the diocese. Wonderful. I I spent part of my childhood down in the central Florida area. So as you talk about the Florida Catholic and other familiar things like that, it brings back wonderful memories. We get down once a year to see our family down there. So NCEA, you've been connected with NCEA, uh, I know, in a couple of different ways. How uh, How did that connection happen? Sure. So I started out by being an attendee of the National Catholic Education Association's convention and expo through my role at John Carroll High School as the Director of Institutional Advancement, and as well as working for the Office of Catholic Schools as the online communications consultant. They asked me to be a presenter several years ago, and I've had the pleasure of being asked back to be a presenter every year since. I've spoken at that convention as well as NCEA's Institute of Catholic School Leaders. And in addition, I've helped to co-host some webinars on different topics and write articles for the Momentum magazine and other pieces. Most recently, I just completed my term on NCEA's Marketing Communication Advisory Council. Very important. And now I'm helping. Yeah. Oh, it was great. We we had a, a good time and I really enjoyed kind of working at that national level with NCEA staff and the other very bright people that were on the advisory council. This year, we have something exciting through NCEA. There's going to be a MARCOM seminar, which is going to be a part of the conference, which will be held in Baltimore for 2020. So this is a new thing for NCEA and the MARCOM division. So it's going to be designed to guide and motivate, inspire different school professionals and they can build different professional learning networks and resource libraries. Plus, we'll have some exciting things that are going to be occurring with uh, the digital experience there, too. Sounds like you guys are really expanding that track on advancement. That's so critical, and I'm sure so many of the schools around the country are going to appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. So um, you uh, personally have presented NCA on the importance of having a strong communications plan, both as a means for marketing and as an extension, if you will, of the mission. So how did you first link communications with both market and mission? We know that effective communications are the result of a proactive philosophy, which seeks to address issues in a timely and straightforward fashion. And that is guided at all times by the mission of the organization, whether it's a school or office of Catholic schools or at the diocese level. I've also come to the understanding that communications planning is linked to both market and mission because it provides a platform for schools or organizations to assess and identify how they can be marketed for image enrollment and resources. What do you see as the benefits of a strong communications plan? Well, there's numerous benefits um, that I found working with different schools in this field, and those range from being able to do thorough research and making sure that that is completed, helping to clarify different goals and set measurable objectives, really thinking through the planning process and providing a place where you can evaluate your results based on those objectives. Did you meet them or not? And then creating time to establish standards for operations. Plus, you're also going to have this communications plan that you can hand down throughout the years and really able to assess and look at benchmarking for the organization or school. So, Jen, as you look at a communications plan versus a marketing plan, I assume that those are different plans. Uh, Which one should you start on first? Sure, that's a good question. 
I would say that's probably specific to the school. So some schools have different plans already in place, whether it's a comprehensive advancement plan, enrollment management plan, a specific marketing or crisis communications plan. One thing that I like about creating the communications plan is that all of those can be interwoven within that. So as you're creating that communications plan, definitely the marketing for the school is going to be woven into that. Um, and it will definitely make sure that you're reaching your internal and external stakeholders in doing so. Are more schools now working with a marketing plan probably than they were maybe five years ago? I, I sense a, a stronger focus on that as people, because of the climate, because a lot of schools are struggling or recognizing that, you know, enrollment is a challenge. Parents don't just make that decision automatically anymore. They need to be convinced. They need to know that there's a strong academic program as well as the spiritual benefits of being part of a Catholic community. Are you finding that schools are being a little bit more maybe aggressive with having a marketing plan? Absolutely, Jim. I think schools nowadays, they have to be strategic in their communications and their marketing. And based on the competition of the different schools that have definitely improved in that realm for their own communications and marketing, our Catholic schools throughout the United States are really putting a big push towards doing just that, um, which is very wise. So, you know, we understand that research shows that parents are picking schools and students are picking schools for various reasons. And as we're able to really showcase that information, it's definitely in the best interest of these schools. And I think they're moving forward with that as a general trend. And uh, I know you've talked a little bit about, uh, from your own presentations, uh, some of the factors uh, that parents look at in choosing a school. Can you can you talk about, a little bit about that for us? Right. So definitely the perception of better academic quality, religious values, safety structure and discipline uh, in this day and age has been paramount in people's forefront of their decision making. And I think as Catholic schools can talk about that specifically, it definitely will behoove them. All of those value-added options, which are activities and leadership opportunities, kind of that faith formation that also provides for schools and students to be able to become leaders in a specific area. So when I was working in the Diocese of Allentown, I oversaw school marketing uh, for the diocese. And we um, we kind of put together a group uh, called the Bishop's Commission for Catholic Schools. And I think I've talked about this on the show before. But it was a group of business folks that really looked at the marketing and the way the business end of, of running the schools. And we had a big debate, a big discussion about does a parent uh, choose, when they choose a Catholic school or they're deciding on the education piece, what is the most important piece? Is it the faith formation, or is it the academic piece? Like, what is the first thing you think that they look at? Do you have a position on that? Sure. So I, I think parents nowadays, um, you know, depending on what generation they're coming from, are looking at a myriad of different things. And a lot of them like facts, and they like proof that not only are you saying you have strong academics, but these are the data points or the proof points behind them. They want a holistic education, so they know their kids will be educated, mind, body, and spirit. Also, touching on that, you know, moral and spiritual development, I think is important. Plus, another key component recently has been individualized attention. So, I think that parents are they're pretty savvy shoppers nowadays. Sure. And so, as they seek to address, do they want just an academic school or do they want something that is for their faith? I, I think they, they're looking at the whole package and they're really doing their research on websites and through 
school tours and shadow days and social media as well. Oh, I totally agree. You know, and even something simple like making sure that your website is mobile friendly. You know, we know that, what is it? I don't know what the stats are today, but I know a few years ago they were saying, what, 60, 70% of people that access the web are going to do that on their phone. It might be even higher today. You're absolutely right. Yeah, definitely. That That is a key component for sure. So going back to communications plan, what does a robust communications plan uh, include? We touched on a little bit about those different components that can be added in. So if your school has already a social media plan, the comprehensive advancement or development plan, enrollment management systems, that crisis communication plan is very essential. Plus, things like a branding or identity guide, all of those can be included in a robust plan, which should also include things such as, you know, your vision and mission statements. And then you're able to kind of flesh out there the goals, the audiences, your short term for like one calendar year and then long term, which would be one to five years for your objectives plus strategies that can coordinate with each of the audiences that you seek to reach through the different objectives. And of course, a key component to this plan too is to also include the budget details for what you anticipate those costs to be. Who are the stakeholders? Who should be involved in developing this plan? So depending on what each school has, and you know, if you've seen one Catholic school, you've seen one Catholic school. That's right. But, you know, so, <laughs> right? So some schools have a development director or a director of institutional advancement. Some may have a communications team. So whomever is going to be the point on this should definitely collaborate with the advancement committee of the school advisory council, the administration of the school. Um, if you work with your diocesan officials, uh, definitely to keep them in the loop as far as the approval process is concerned. In addition to collaborating with other entities that you know already have a plan such as this in place, so you can learn best practices from them. You know, there are so many great uh, studies out there on different generational trends. You know, the world changes so quickly uh, with technology and the focus. How did the generational trends impact a communications plan? I love this question. So um, one thing I love to do is, you know, work with different schools for them to really understand who their target audience is. So if you're trying to reach those in Generation Z, um, which are, you know, folks born typically from like 97 to 2015, you understand that 97% of them own a smartphone and they are on that smartphone more than any other generation. So they're averaging about three and a half hours for daily use. They also really value social causes and embrace multiculturalism. So if you want to reach them, you may want to use a digital video platform Research is showing that's really what they're geared toward. Um, also, perhaps have a school-branded Snapchat filter. If you're looking to reach millennials, which are, you know, 22 to 38 years old, you know, they say that millennials tend to work smarter, not harder. Um, they're very tech-savvy. They're multitaskers. So if you're going to be placing ads on social media, you would want to gear those towards Instagram or Instagram stories where it's really eye-catching. You're very direct with your marketing information because you know they're multitasking while they're looking at those ads. If you're designing something in your communication plan where you want to reach parents of like middle school and high schooler students, maybe they're Gen X parents, 
uh, you know you want to really lean towards Facebook. And this generation, typically speaking, likes those data points that I referenced earlier. And Gen Xers can be skeptical. They really want tangible results. So maybe do more infographics with that group. And on the other side, if you want to reach boomers, and maybe these are folks you have identified as donors or alumni, perhaps grandparents of the school, you know, we know that they appreciate uh, emails and they also are on Facebook. So they're less influenced by peer pressure, but they kind of have that bigger picture perspective. So curtailing your marketing messages for each of those generations really will help to drive home the messaging on the platform um, where they are active. Wow, that's incredibly helpful. And I love the way you kind of break down each of the age groups. And I'm sad to say I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more towards the Gen X, uh, <laughs> the older generation. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's incredible how, f- and how many generations are now behind me. They used to be in front of me. But anyway, that's a different question. So it's exciting to have that data. And certainly with a marketing plan today, it's, it, it's all data driven, especially with digital marketing, right? I mean, we can collect more information about people who visit our website, their trends, their habits, what pages they uh, they linger on if they're visiting a page. Uh, do some of your schools kind of collect those kinds of metrics to look at the number of page views and figure out what's trending or what's sticking with people who are visiting? Absolutely. And, and that is the best practice. We do a lot of that work here at the diocesan level. Um, for example, I host a monthly social media strategy meetings mm-hmm. with our various departments that use the name Diocese of Palm Beach on um, social media. And we look at the analytics each month and we say, you know, what's working, what's not, what initiative got the most traction, what do we want to put some money behind this week, Um, you know, how can we continue to improve looking at those data points of what's popular, not doing things the same way just because that's what they were, how they were done previously, but modifying those plans based on trends that, that we're able to find in you're right. You know, you've got the analytics that are wonderful and built into the social media sites. Why not tap into those and use them to your advantage? So, Jen, what does RPIE stand for and how does that play into communications? One of the strategies that we've been using a lot is this research planning, implementation, and evaluation system. For the research component, whether you're going to be doing focus groups or a survey or if you're going to be hosting parent meetings, whatever the case may be, to really understand the problem that you're trying to solve or strategies for how to implement something. I think starting with that research base is is super important. And then as you move into the planning field, we typically use four different areas here. We set our goals. Then we look at our objectives and we see, you know, is this going to be an outcome objective or a process objective? And then move into strategies, which are our roadmaps. So how are we going to reach these goals through these different objectives? And break it down into those really specific tools and tactics. So it may be a great objective that you're going to increase your social media engagement by X percent in X amount of time, but how are you going to do that in really identifying who is going to be the administrator on that page and how are they going to um, reach that growth? Then once you have that planning done, you implement this process. And once that has concluded on the date that you've laid out in your objectives, we move to evaluation. 
And this is where you can really see, did did we reach those objectives? Why or why not? And how can we modify this for the future? Then, of course, always cross-reference, did it cost what we thought it was going to cost? Were those Instagram ads worth it? Um, did we go over budget? Were we under budget? Were one of the outcomes that we got more donations based on the space price that we paid? So, we use RPIE often here in the Office of Communications for the diocese, and it has served very fruitful. And are there different tools that you use to measure these different aspects of the plan? Sure, and I think that depends on your goal. So if sure. we're trying to have more people attend a specific event, well, then you know that's pretty clear. If we're trying to raise money for a specific cause, then that's a tangible result. If we're trying to coordinate um, with parishes, and missions to have them disseminate information, we're able to kind of see on the back end, did that happen and what did that look like? Of course, if we're utilizing social media, we're able to get real-time results as far as that's concerned as well. Jen, you talk a lot about the um, the marketing pillars. Uh, what are they and, and how should they be factored into a plan? Well, marketing pillars are the specific elements that your school organization has that separate you from the competition. So they could be areas of strength in that Catholic identity or strong academic quality, uh, safe campuses with fair discipline, activities for growth or leadership that we referenced before. So identifying what your specific school is doing better than that competition and designing specific ways to highlight those and those strengths um, is important. So when working with different schools, we'll lay out those marketing pillars at the top, make a chart, and then we'll say, how are you going to drive home those proof points using these specific marketing pillars, for example, on social media, in your print collateral, and through your different communications? So, uh, Jen, I'm thinking uh, principal might be listening to this podcast thinking, how do you know, I'm going to get some, uh, I, I, I know I need to do a little bit more marketing for my school and um, these are great concepts, but maybe they're feeling just a little bit overwhelmed because there's a lot of information and, and you think, well, how much time do I have, you know, to devote to this? Where do you usually start? I, I know you've worked at the school, at the Catholic school level, which was great for your formation in this, but now you're at the diocesan level helping many schools. And I'm sure that you sit down with many principals and advancement directors and it, you know, say that I would imagine you get the question a lot. Okay. Well, how, how do we get started in this or where do we begin first? Sure, absolutely. So I think one of the key things that can be done and that can be done well and efficiently and pretty quickly is to start with assessing uh, the social media and doing a social media audit and then working towards creating a program where you're able to market your school, utilizing Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, through a social media plan. So we've done a lot of work with different auditing materials that we've created or that I've created that really help to teach and indicate to schools how they can better use that. And social media is a good place to start because it is free. It does take staff time and you will probably want to put some money behind um, your ads. But, you know, you do get tangible results, and there's a lot of virality that is involved, plus authentic endorsement, which you can weave in there through different peer ambassador programs and social media ambassador programs. 
and knowing our generations that we just discussed, having that authentic endorsement and being able to reach a wide audience in a short amount of time using social media is definitely a best practice. Oh, without a doubt. You mentioned social media ambassadors and parent ambassadors. Tell us a little, a little bit about those roles. Sure. So uh, the parent ambassador program as a, as a general ambassador program, really, I think does two unique things. So number one, it helps to engage the parent who is currently has a student enrolled. Um, so you're kind of reminding them and justifying that value proposition as to why they enrolled their student. So by spoon feeding them information about your academics and your athletics and um, those value-added programs, you're kind of reinforcing that. And then secondly, that parent ambassador then is able to go to things like open houses, um, give school tours, even if it's kind of grassroots and they're talking to another family at the grocery store. You know, people respond to people, and marketing schools is about relationships. So as these parents are able to build relationships with one another and you're providing opportunities for that to occur, um, that's important. The social media uh, ambassador program is a little bit different in the fact that you're working with different families that you've identified or different social media influencers that you've identified that really value your school organization. And you're meeting with them on a regular basis. They're serving as your eyes and ears and your megaphone. And the fact that they're watching what you post as a social media admin, they're giving you feedback, suggestions, and then they're also sharing the information we started that program several years ago at the high school level when I worked at Darn Carroll, and it was uber successful, and definitely it's been something a lot of other schools have implemented since then. And then you can take it a step further and start a student social media ambassador program as well. And students are never shy to give you their opinion as far as what they think should be on social media and not. So Absolutely it's a not. great way to really <laughs> reach that audience as well, because they'll tell you what they think. Sure. It's a, I would imagine it's just a little bit like playing with fire. So you really have to be targeted in what you're going to put out there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Choose the students wisely. Right, right. Well, Jennifer, you've um, you've worked at the school level, and now you're at the diocesan level. And I know that you help you help uh, parishes or schools rather around the country through your work with the NCEA and your presentations. Um, how, what kind of services, you know, if, if I'm a, a school marketing director for a diocese, uh, um, what kind of services do you offer in Palm Beach to your schools? How how do you partner with them uh, to forward the marketing efforts of all of your schools in the system? Um, I've had the pleasure of um, our working with our office at Catholic schools um, and presenting at our administrators' meetings on different marketing tactics that we have rolled out. For example, August 1 of this year, we rolled out our Something Greater marketing campaign, um, which we received uh, great help from the 100 agency um, in developing those messaging points. So we meet with them. I've created different Canva templates, um, plus uh, they have a complete branding guide. And we're using an umbrella approach for the Office of Catholic Schools on this end, plus we've armed our uh, Diocese of Palm Beach schools with the tools that they can use to implement those strategies at the school level as well. In addition, we host... Um, 
here the diocese quarterly parish communication strategy meetings. Um, our next one, we've also invited the schools, and we're going to be concentrating actually just on social media, and I'll be giving a workshop, um, kind of a 1.0 workshop, so that schools and parishes can better utilize uh, social media in their marketing and communication efforts. That's extremely helpful. We'll put some of your templates, some of your materials up on, on our podcast page and or links to it so that folks can uh, can learn more uh, about the work that you do and also how they can benefit from it as well. That's terrific. Tell me just a little bit more, though, about that work uh, that you're doing with the 100. Are you seeing the results? Uh, did the schools buy into the into the process? Sure. So we're just concluding our first month after this rollout. So it was a wonderful planning process that we went through and research-based, really looking at the different aspects that our prospective students and families would be looking at. And um, when we concluded that, we rolled it out August 1. um, With a lot of gusto out of our office, we had fun with that. Um, but I think it has gone very well. So we're tracking the data as it's coming now. I look forward to having a full report at the end of this week uh, as far as how that looks. Definitely, I do have data points on that week by week. And it is wonderful to see the growth that we have seen on our social media sites as far as the Office of Catholic Schools as well as our website from that. And I look forward to continuing to watch that in the future as we create new initiatives each month for the schools and then for the Office of Catholic Schools as well. And our superintendent has been great, Gary Jello. He um, really was spearheading this information. And, um, you know, I'm appreciative for that so that we're able to really roll out this strong Something Greater campaign. Well, congratulations. Uh, I'll look forward to seeing that report as well. I'm sure it's uh... I'm sure that it's going to benefit uh, the schools and hopefully will continue to grow your market and, and your engagement uh, with, with parents who are seeking a, a Catholic education for their students. Jennifer, any any final thoughts or uh, if somebody's listening to the podcast, uh, we talked a little bit about kind of where they get started, but uh, any how can we uh, find you on the web and how if somebody's maybe even in another diocese and would like to <laughs> see some of the things that you're offering your schools? Sure, absolutely. So the Office of Catholic Schools, and I just want to thank our team and our Office of Communications. We have, you know, we're a team of four, and just I couldn't do it without them. The um, the gals I work with are just absolutely fabulous and, you know, help to make sure that everything is on point and up to date. Um, they can visit our Office of Catholic Schools website, our social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can email me at jtreefellner at org. Wonderful. Well, Jen, we'll put uh, your contact information up on our site, so if, uh, in the show notes, if anybody would like to contact you directly. I just want to thank you for sharing your wisdom today and all your great experience, and uh, we look forward to maybe having you back on the show again sometime to maybe do an update and uh, let us know how things are going and how, uh, how you're getting more parents involved and getting more folks to choose a Catholic education. Yes, sir. I would love that. Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity. Thanks, Jen. I want to thank Jennifer for being on our show this week and for offering some great insight on Catholic school marketing and communications. If you'd like to reach out to Jennifer directly, I'll put her contact information in our show notes and on the website. Next week, we continue our conversation on Catholic education through a discussion with Steve Vergadamo from the Archdiocese of New York, and he'll be talking about leadership. I hope you'll join us. 
If you have any questions or comments about today's show, you can email me at jim at advancingourchurch.com or leave us a comment on our website. Well, that's our show this week. Many thanks to the Changing Our World podcast team and to Pottery Studios for their support of our show. If you'd like more information about our podcast, please visit us at advancingourchurch.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And a great way to show love for our show is to leave us a rating on iTunes. And we appreciate all of our friends who continue to like and retweet and repost our podcast. Advancing Our Church is a production of Changing Our World, a fundraising and social impact consulting firm that has been advising both nonprofits and corporations for the past 20 years. For more information, please visit us at changingourworld.com. Well, have a great week, everybody. Take care and God bless.